Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hollywood Haymaker Podcast. I am Dustin Dubuque, John Hanson here, and we're back. Uh, we're going to pull double duty and record a couple episodes this week. I'm out of town next week, so I think everything's set up and ready to go. Um, you know, just because it's this topic of the, of the news, and I was going to say it off mic, but I decided to say it now, I found it interesting that everyone I know, and I was going to ask you who's went and seen Captain Marvel in the last week, has felt exactly the same. Well, I, like I said last week, um, most everyone that I talk to says the same thing. Yeah. They, they'll they say, ah, it was okay, or ah, I didn't love it. You know, people are lukewarm on it at best. Yeah. For the most part. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm really surprised that <clears throat> it's getting, what, 60% from audiences? Somewhere know. in there. Was, it, was, last week. it was 30 originally, and then it went to 60 after they deleted a bunch of them. Right. I, I'm curious to know exactly what criteria they used to delete those reviews because they may have been legitimate reviews because based on what I'm hearing... Well, but the reviews were placed before the movie had a release. That's how they're basing it. Well, even after even after it released, though, it was... Well, so, so you're, you're saying that those same... You're saying the same reviews from before it released, after it released, were still on there. Like the 7,000 left over? So there... What, what did I say? I don't remember last week what the number was, but they deleted... Yeah. thousands of them because I, they were I put on it. there before the movie existed okay because so i nobody could have seen it i checked the reviews after it had been released but you're saying the reviews were placed earlier yeah that was what they were trying to carry do. people over. which isn't the first time this has happened on rotten tomatoes mm-hmm. that people go in and try to destroy a movie before it comes out wonder woman went through the same thing um and i think uh ooh, well that Gotti movie like i said did the reverse where it was getting bashed and then a bunch of uh that day, accounts from Scientologists went on and, right. you know, reviewed it. There was like 10,000 reviews in one day because somebody said, hey, you should go do that and bring it up to like 67%. Yeah, well... How well, many reviews were on it when you looked? Did you look? I don't remember the, the number of reviews, but I, I know it was right around 30-something percent from audiences, which to me feels on par with what I hear around me. So the people that are around me are, you know, they're comic book people. So they may, they may have different standards than the average viewer. You know, the people that enjoyed it might have been people that weren't really up on the whole Marvel universe. It's still at 62% with 71,000 users. Yeah. Seems high to me. Um, based on what I hear. If you, that's practically 50-50. And again, like we said, it's is it yes or no? That's more two out of three. I'm, here, I'm hearing like one out of three, though, around me. Yeah. But I'm I'm saying maybe the average viewer that goes in and isn't really up on the Marvel universe and just wanted to see an enjoyable action movie might find it good. But if you're, you know, I, I know a lot of people are really upset about how Nick Fury lost his eye. I thought that yeah. was pretty dumb. Like, pretty dumb. If if you're somebody who doesn't know the character, you don't care. You probably think it's funny or whatever. But sure. you know, if you're somebody like me that's got a history with the character, you're like, well, this is dumb. Yeah, see, I have a buddy of mine who's a pretty uh, average. Movie review, movie goer, you know, he's the average person that just goes when it, you know. Right. He likes the big spectacle movies, so he's going to see Marvel ones just because he wants sure. to see them. And yeah, he was texting me. He, you know, he he was just fifty fifty down the road too. He's just like, yeah, I liked her. The movie's kind of bland. He's like, the last twenty minutes were ridiculous, but I kind of was having fun. 
admitted the cat was really stupid. Yeah. And, and, he, and he, then, like, after about four texts, he goes, and Nick Fury's eye, man, that was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, overall, the, the all I'm hearing is people either didn't like it or felt lukewarm on it. Yeah, so. That's the way it sounds. Which is interesting now, a week later, a week out. How many more origin stories can you give us, I guess? I mean, it's hard to... I don't know. I think it's hard to continue them, but... I'm worried that they introduce this character so they can have a character that's more powerful than Thanos so they can defeat him in the next movie, and right. that's going to be dumb, too. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they still go... I mean, they have to, but it'll be interesting to see if that is the route they go. I think we talked about that last week, but... Uh, right. Yeah, interesting. Well, to stay on the Marvel thing, the big news this week was James Gunn back in Marvel... Back for Guardians 3. Yeah, that's good news. So from Outhouse to Penthouse goes James Gunn. Well, now, from, now directing, yeah, from DC over to Marvels, really, because... He's not... No, he didn't go over. He's still doing the DC I, movie. Well, I know, but I'm saying, like, he didn't really go to the Outhouse. Oh, he went right, over to right, DC. Right. Um, he's going to be doing the next Suicide Squad movie, which, actually, I'm really excited about. Um, there's a lot of interesting characters in that Suicide Squad, and with James Gunn writing for them, I think it's going to be a really good movie. And um, actually, I'm happy to see him back doing Guardians 3 because I really enjoyed the first two. Mainly the first one. Mainly the first one. Well, the second one was kind of a rehash of the second Or, I mean, the, uh, the first one. But um, I still enjoyed it. I think he's a talented writer. I've enjoyed some of his other films, too. So uh, to see him doing a third Guardians, I think, is, is good news. Yeah, I do, too. It's just, uh, man, it directs Suicide Squad and Guardians 3, man. Pretty good. Yeah. That's not bad. Um, so speaking of this, this is interesting. So there's a new podcast I started listening to, uh, brand new, and I, I was thinking of how our conversation was going. And you've done on previous episode a couple months ago, uh, like your top 10 Marvel movie list or whatever. Yeah. So this, uh, podcast, which I know it's like best movie, worst movie, I think is what it's called. And, uh, so they did, they, their first episode was Marvel and they had to pick what's the best movie and what's the worst movie with no caveats. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh, okay, I'll ask John. If you had to choose, you have to. There's no other, like... I, I love the, the idea of this fight. They don't go like, well, I really liked Winter Soldier. I really like this. But they literally just say one and don't give any of the other ones any say. So if you had to pick one... Are we just talking the current cinematic Yeah, universe? yeah, the last 21. The current. Um, best, I'd probably go Infinity War. Yeah. Um, worst, I'd probably go... Um... I'd have to think on that for a minute, but I'll get back to you. Yeah. I'll think on it. Yeah, I think my first, and again, if I had to just pick one, I was just thinking about it, I think I would go the first Guardians. I think it was the most fun in general I had. Um, if I had to just pick one. For your Cause I, yeah, yeah, because I had the most fun at it. You know, I went in so cold to it. Um, it hit a lot of the same tropes, but I didn't care because I had so much fun. Like, who would have... You know, everybody said who would have thought that a raccoon and Drax and Groot would be interesting. You well, know, and yeah, and that's all. That's I think uh, a big part of that was was James Gunn's writing. Yeah, so it's good. So that, that that got me excited. I mean, that's the reason why I was so disappointed by Guardians too, mm -hmm. uh, because I think I loved the first one so much. It had such a blast, but I think that would be as of now as my number one favorite. All right, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I. <coughs> When you said worst Marvel movie, my first instinct was to go with Thor Dark World because I just felt that it was really flat, really bland. I didn't care for it. 
But um, the movie that I think really disappointed me the most um, was Iron Man 3. Yeah, that figured I, me might go there. I, I loved Iron Man 1 and 2 so much, and um, Iron Man 3, the way they advertised it, I thought it was going to be this really, really great film. Um, Tony at his lowest point, you know, kind of a dark, uh, dark in tone movie about this, um, about Tony, you know, at his lowest point coming back, rising to be the hero and defeating the Mandarin who is essentially in the trailer advertised as almost like an Osama bin Laden, you know, like this world terrorist. And, uh, that is not what we got. Yeah. (laughs) They turned Mandarin into literally a, literally a joke. Literally, it was a joke. Um, and yeah, the instead the villain was like <laughs> shooting energy and all that stuff. <laughs> it's all shooting computer generated stuff, right? Uh, just nonsense stuff. Yeah, I was like, I was like, wow, they really <laughs> they really pulled the rug out from under me on this one. Yeah, I want that they wanted it to feel dark. And it really wasn't. Cause no, it was not. It, it was it felt, so goofy at the same time. Like it felt like really it was going. Hit that. It felt like it was going dark, and then they were like, "Oh, twist!" Yeah, now it's a comedy. Yeah, and I'm they, like, "No, no, 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 yeah." Because there's back. that middle scene where they kind of go dark with it, and then it just flutters away. I was like, "Nah, yeah, yeah. Iron Man three is pretty, yeah, pretty bland." I, it is. I know it's probably the easy one to say, but Thor: Dark World is is definitely mine. Yeah. Um, I think it's the easy... I think probably most people you would think would probably say it. I think it's pretty well established that if you had to pick one to throw out, that might be it. It was just really flat. It was just like a very basic premise. Yeah. You had this villain who wanted to destroy all of existence. I'll bet against that happening. <laughs> um, Thor defeats him. Right. Yeah, and, and, yeah right, that was right, it. Pretty much <laughs> yeah. pretty, pretty and, standard stuff. Any kind of neat idea that they had just was nothing and it just was continuation of and then sometimes, sometimes to me the, the grander you go the less interesting it becomes yeah. when it's about destroying the universe uh especially knowing that I, they, I, I check out you know what i mean especially it's like knowing that this isn't just the norm like to us in real life the universe is a bunch of stuff we don't really know if there's life out there but the marvel universe you know that there's a lot of stuff going on <laughs> it's a pretty tough task well, it's it, it it's just one of those things where you're like, well, that's not going to happen. Well, especially so. with Captain Marvel out there. <laughs> but um, I, I think I think when you make the the superheroes, even though they have superpowers, when you can find a way to make them relatable and human and fallible and things like that, it makes them a lot more interesting. So, yeah, the Thor Dark World was just not for me. Yeah, it wasn't for me either. So I just threw that up on you. Just it just made me think, but. I guess the other bit of uh, superhero news, since that's just how it goes. I, I thought this was interesting, a story I was reading about, and then I listened to some about it, was uh, Ezra Miller, the guy who plays Flash in DC. Mm-hmm. So um, they gave him the script to the new to the Flash movie. Did yeah. you hear about this? No. Um, he didn't like it. Hated it. Okay. Told him that uh, he's not going to do it unless he can rewrite the script with uh, one of the producers, I guess. And uh, so now he's writing his own script for a movie because he didn't like what the studio gave him. Okay. And then the, the show I was watching, who are, you know, they, they're from Hollywood, they go, so how long does it take before they just kick him out of this movie and put somebody in there? <laughs> because yeah, and that was my first thought. I was like, this is DC, man. Yeah. You're not that important. 
But I just thought that was interesting. And I'm like, do you think DC is going to let, like, so what are you going to do when you come back with your script? And DC goes, no, uh, I don't like that. Like, I don't know. It was just funny to me that a, well, a, a lead actor took over. Yeah, I don't think he's got a whole lot of clout. I mean, no. I if Edward Norton didn't have any clout, because he kind of tried to do that with Hulk, and, and people were like, no, and then he's like, all right, I'm going to leave this. Before you said Ezra Miller's name, I didn't even know his name. Yeah, to be honest with you, so, um, I yeah, they, it seems strange to me that they would let him do the script, but we'll see what happens. Also, he's he's putting a lot on his own shoulders by doing that because now right. if the movie's not good, it's like <laughs> yeah, <if> it's <laughs> now it's on him, right? And these films, they it's really hard to to win fans over, I think, because people have preconceived notions of what these films should be. These characters have been around for decades. They've got a history. Um, the fans have big expectations, and if you're off by a little bit, you can really mess it up. You can well, mess and it up. So I guess, and it just popped in my head. I was trying to think of why, and I guess the the, the stuff I heard was that uh, Flash is when well, the movie was too light, and he wanted to make it a little darker, sure, and a little more intense. Okay, and I'm like, okay, I'm an outsider view. I have no, I have no interest or full interest in Flash. To me, I see a lighter movie. Because it's Flash. I don't see him as like a character like that. Not saying it doesn't work, but well, and and DC has openly said that they're trying to get away from the whole super dark thing because it didn't work. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is you uh, know, yeah, they they with Shazam, they're trying to light things up, and I think the the darker films that they did were not real popular. So it's especially surprising to hear that uh, they're gonna let them do a darker version. I don't know if they're gonna let them. I think that yeah, they're gonna just check it out and. Humor him for a moment. I think so. And then... And then realize, hey, you know we can just find another Flash. This paycheck's pretty good. Yeah, I don't know if I would notice if a different actor came in. Like I said, I don't even know who this guy really is. Yeah, and me either. He's in the suit. He's got his face mostly covered most of the time. So right. I'm like, you put somebody else in there, I probably wouldn't have even noticed. Right. So, just thought it was funny. It was interesting. Um, well, the other thing, you know, I was going to bring this up a couple weeks ago just to talk about a movie. Uh, and then I kind of forgot, but it kind of got re-brought up. They're going to make an Edge of Tomorrow 2. Why? You didn't like that? No. Oh, I loved that. I had a fun time in that movie. No. I had a blast in that. That's like right up your alley, all Groundhog's Day, repeating the same thing over and over. Tons of action, Tom Cruise. It was a sci-fi version, and I didn't care for it. Really? I didn't care for it. I had it. a good time. The reason I like Groundhog Day so much is because of Bill Murray's humor. And... Bill Murray was missing from the Edge of Tomorrow movie. <laughs> no, that that was a totally different movie. I wouldn't even compare those two. I'm I'm not comparing the two for genre. I'm comparing it because it's just repeating the same day. Yeah, but that that's not what it takes to make a movie good. I'm not saying that, but yeah, I thought it was great. I thought I had a ton of fun in it. I didn't like it. Really? No. Just cause? I just I, I it's real heavy in sci-fi, and I think. I don't know. I just get, I get turned just, off by some of that. Yeah. 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 I know it's fun. So I'm making another one because I think it was one of the movies that did do well that people weren't expecting to do well. Um, and it probably doesn't hurt anything. Tom Cruise likes to do sequels anyway, so I'm not really surprised. Um, and then this week, a bunch of stuff came out with the posters and stuff for the new Quentin Tarantino movie just to get everybody prepped up and ready to go for the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, the, that's the one about Charles Manson. Yeah, the big monster cast that they have in it. Mm -hmm. um, just to get everybody up to see. Any, anything Tarantino does, I'm there. 
Yeah, same here. Um, we we we'll probably talk about this a little bit more next week. But yeah, I mean, when you have uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt, Al Pacino, Dakota Fanning, Tim Roth, Michael Manson, Timothy Oliphant, Kurt Russell in a movie, plus Tarantino well, directed it. When you're Tarantino, people want to work with you, of course, and they for good reason. I mean, I don't think he's made a bad movie yet. I've enjoyed literally every everything he's. Yeah, made. I've enjoyed every movie. There's maybe one. That I enjoyed less, but I still liked it. Which one? It's Django. Oh, I love Django. See, it's yeah. a great western. I was fine on Django. I I, I just came out like, eh. Oh, I, I, thought, it was, I thought it was great. Yeah, that, a lot of people did. I, I think it's one of the better westerns I've seen. It's Django. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I prefer I prefer Hateful Eight better, but I liked Hateful Eight a yeah. lot. Yeah. Again, it's Tarantino. Me saying I didn't like Django as much doesn't mean I didn't like Django. Django came out before Hateful Eight Rob, yeah. when I saw it. Um, he uh, Tarantino likes to work different genres. Each each one of his movies almost is a completely different genre for the most part. And Django was the first Western that he did, and I yeah. thought it was fantastic. Yeah. And um, He followed it up with Hateful Eight, which I thought was also good. I was a little surprised he was doing another Western because usually he changes yeah, genre. Back to back. Yeah, but um, it was also good. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I've, I've liked every single film he's done. Yeah, so me too. Um, whatever he's doing, I'll, I'll be there. Yeah, well, he's only got two left. If you listen to what he's been saying for the last decade, whatever. He's been saying it for he—he's never said not said it that he's done it ten movies. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Um, and it's funny on the posters of these, it literally says Tarantino's ninth film. Like it says yeah. it right on there, and I'm like, oh, that's a little telling. Um, I mean, he's still—he's uh, he's still, still got to do another. He kill. He counts kill, kill bills as one. Well, he's still got to do another Kill Bill. I, you know, Uma Thurman was that last year. Uma Thurman came out like saying she's like, "I want it. Let's do it." Mm-hmm. And Tarantino pretty much said he doesn't have a script for it. Yeah, but he he, he can write a like Tarantino. It's not like it takes him like he spends a lot of time on stuff. I think this yeah. one. I think this is one of the movies he's been writing for years. If I'm right. Yeah, I'm sure he's he does probably spend years on each one of them. Right. He'll come up with a script for Kill Bill. So, oh yeah, I, I could see this being that could be like one of his caveats because you know the nice thing about Tarantino is the reason why his movies are so well received is he takes a lot of time in these movies. Yeah, you know I think they only come out once every like three years. He's pretty much on a three year cycle. Yeah, and you know so say it's twenty you know twenty nineteen, and then he has another one in twenty twenty two, and that's his quote unquote last one. It's an easy way of saying well I still can do one more because technically I count the Kill Bills as one long movie. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and I, I mean, and especially Kill Bill of pretty much all his movies, that has like all the people he uses. So I don't think it's hard to get everybody of all them people on board. And if you have, I know Michael Madsen's free. Only shows up in Tarantino movies. <laughs> it is great. He is so funny. Like he's like he's like that. It's crazy. Like when you see him in a Tarantino movie, you're like, yeah. And then you and then you don't see him again <laughs> until three years later. He shows up in a Tarantino movie. I think when I look at Michael, uh, Michael Madsen's acting, I would say the best acting he's ever done is in any Quentin Tarantino film, and the worst acting he's ever done is in any film that wasn't done by Quentin yeah, Tarantino. Yeah, I know, right? When you see him in other stuff, like occasionally, you're just like, ugh. Right. Well, and Hateful Eight, he looked terrible. He did not age well. I mean, you know, because I mean, I understand it's twenty years later, but like, you know, you think of him as, you know, he's so like, he has the iconic part in Reservoir Dogs. Oh yeah. So you just kind of think of him suave, you know, and then he shows up in 
hateful eight and he's heavy and older and you're just like oh you know when you go and he wasn't in Django I don't think so I'm pretty sure so. he you hadn't seen him in a Tarantino movie in a while so you had 10 years under that and you're like oh <laughs> oh Michael Madsen I mean I have seen him in a few things outside of it and every time I'm like he's he's, he's like a good. he's like a D-lister Unless he's in a Tarantino film, Dude. then Tarantino makes him look good. Absolutely. And suddenly he's like an A-lister. Why not? But you know what? He's made enough of money off these movies. All they have to do is show up every three years, do a, what, two months worth of press that everybody's going to be like, oh my gosh, what's it like? What's it like working with Tarantino? Well, I've done it five, six times, so I can tell you exactly what it's like. Mm-hmm. And then he just goes away into the sunset until that straight-to-DVD movie comes along. It's like, right. do you want the front box cover? Here you go. <laughs> it is funny though, but yeah, it was it, it was just funny because people like the the posters aren't really anything, and people are like upset. I'm like, who cares? You're gonna see it anyway. It's exciting. Oh, hey, it could have been just a black background with the words "a new Tarantino film." Film. That's it. I'm oh, I'm sold. What, Where do I? It? Who do I give my money to? <laughs> it was the same as uh, the Irishman. Did you see the like teaser trailer for that? That's the Martin Scorsese Netflix big movie where he's reuniting Pacino and De Niro for like the big last hurrah. And all it is, it's exactly what you should have done. It's a it's a black screen and there's a bullet casing falling, and it it's you know it hits like uh, Robert De Niro and of course it hits the eye, you know, and De Niro. So it keeps falling. It hits the eye and Pacino, and it hits the eye and Martin Scorsese, and then it hits the eye and Irishman, and that's it. I'm like. Exactly. That's really what you need. I mean, it's honestly that doesn't sell me, and I'll tell you why. Because um, they're all like seventy-five years old. I I love Martin Scorsese. I love Robert De Niro. I love Al Pacino. Um, they've tried to. They well, they they've all got just wonderful, wonderful films uh, on their resumes. They've tried to put them together before. They did that. Was it Righteous Kill? That wasn't Scorsese, though, was no, it? No, it wasn't well, Scorsese. Well, that's, that's your missing component. Of that. Well, Righteous maybe, Kill was horrible. Maybe, but um, <coughs> I don't think that just putting these guys together is going to make a great movie. I think I think they're all... I oh, think and Joe Pesci's back, by the way. I could take or leave Joe <laughs> Talk about another guy. Not really famous outside of yeah. Scorsese and Home Alone movies. Yeah, he, he's got one, pretty much one volume. Joe Pesci. A- angry, 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 Joe short, Pesci. angry yeah. short guy, gangster voice. No, but I, I love De Niro, and but I, I feel like some of the movies he's made lately have not been great. Still love him. Uh, I love Pacino. I love Scorsese. Um, I am not convinced that just putting them together is going to make a great movie. You still got to sell me on the movie. See, I don't, I, I don't think they're going to try. I think that's the sell. I'm not sold. Yeah. No. It is also a Netflix movie, so how hard is it to sell? Hey, it's going to be on Netflix. Watch yeah. it at home. Well, yeah, and I probably will, but oh, I'm just saying I'm not like hyped going, oh my God, I'm not hyped two either. of my favorite actors in a movie, it must be great, because I've seen it before. and it. Well, and, you know, it's hard to hype. We were just talking about Michael Matt. I mean, how many years has it been? It, it, they're also they're so old. Even in Righteous Kill, I was like watching Pacino, and I'm like, ugh. You know, it... it that script was so bad. It was so bad. It was literally like it's one of the worst movies yeah. I've maybe ever seen. It was literally like, hey, we got these two actors. That's that it. should be enough, and that's why I'm not. Con- that's why I'm not sold yeah. on the on yeah. this new one. So, well, because that's how they sold that movie. Oh yeah. I mean, it was 
them too, and they're like, go, go see it. Mm-hmm. And everybody did, and they're like, oh, yeah, this is bad. Yeah, well, and even just not everything that De Niro's been doing lately has been good. So Yeah, what is even the last thing he's done lately that's been decent? Heat. <laughs> what? I guess I, I wasn't expecting a... <laughs> I was 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm laughing. Because I yeah. was like, I was like, well, meet the meet the parents. I mean, it's yeah, it was, pretty good. That was almost that was almost 20 years ago too. Gosh, it was. It was like what? It was probably 99. Yeah. Was, okay. Well, that's gross. I thought I was looking. Oh, that's way that's way sooner. No, it's not. Not really. Yeah. Uh, he was like mid 90s. What about that uh, d- dirty meet, grandpa movie? Oh, we already talked about that movie. <laughs> I'm upset that movie exists. Yeah, that's another one. That's uh... De Niro embarrassed himself in that movie. He's an Academy Award winner. They had him masturbating in that movie, naked. That is not what an Academy Award winner is supposed to be doing with himself. Right. So I'm just I, going through his... That movie was bad. I didn't even finish watching it. Yeah, I'm just going through some of the stuff he's done in the last 20 years. Uh, go all right. Go from uh, go from Heat and then go newer. Okay. Start with Heat. All right. Let me. Uh, heat. I love Heat. Had Pacino yeah, and De Niro. Heat is great. Oh yeah. That that was Michael Mann directed that film. Yeah. And um, to this day, one of my all time all time favorite films. Love that movie. All right. I got the I got the filmography here. Let's pull it up. So since Heat, which was probably what uh, mid nineties, mid nineties. Uh, yeah, he was 95. Okay. So since Heat, and I'll skip the ones that don't really fit. Uh, Sleepers? Do you know what that is? Oh, that was that was good, but I don't think he had a big part in that. Yeah, well, that's it. That's why I'm going to try to hit the big ones. Well, the Fan came out after Heat. That fan was got, good. That was good. That was all right. Copland. He was a Jackie Brown, but not a, not a big part. Um, so he had a few good Men of Honor, remember that? Yeah, but we're still in the 90s, right? That's 2000. 2000. So Meet the Parents was 2000. Okay. Um, so here, now, now we're going to start getting into some rough right. some rough stuff here. Uh, analyze that. Okay, I did like those. Those yeah, are funny. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he was a voice in Shark Tale. That doesn't count. Uh, so Meet the Fockers. No, uh, that one is bad. It's not good. It's not. Uh, the Good Shepherd. I don't know what that is. I didn't is. watch that. Stardust. Didn't watch that. That actually was good in that. You know what? I might be wrong. In Righteous Kill. <laughs> well, we said Righteous Kill was bad. Uh, Stone. That wasn't good. Uh, then Little Fockers. That wasn't good. Oh, he was in Limitless. I forgot about that. Uh, he's not Oh, uh, yeah. So Killer Paul, Elite. Did you see that one? That was the one with Jason Statham? Yeah, I didn't like and that Chicago one. one. Yeah. Which is too bad. It was A bunch kind of, of good people I like. Yeah. He was in Silver Linings Playbook. He was just the dad. Yeah. Uh, Killing season. Did you watch that? With Travolta. Yeah. Ooh. I didn't see it. Yeah, it was a rough go. Uh, Last Vegas. That didn't look good. Yeah, I didn't need to see it. Uh, Grudge match. That was Remember bad. That? that was bad. So they. I forgot about that. That was that was where he played a boxer, and then it had Sylvester Stallone playing a boxer. Yeah. And they tried to sell it as like, well, Raging Bull versus Rocky. Yeah. Right? But. What a, it was not good. What a tainted concept from the start. Um, it could be interesting. Yeah, it done. could have been interesting in 1991. <laughs> uh, well, I think it could have been interesting when they made it, but it just wasn't. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. And then he did The Intern. The Intern. With, that was with, uh, 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 what's her name? Catwoman. Yeah, thank you. Um, uh, uh, Anne Hathaway. Yep. That's okay. 
Joy. Oh, I, I mean, that's... Oh, the comedian. Did you watch him in that? Where he's the old stand-up comic that can't get a job? Where I wanted to see that. Oh. Wow, that's horrible. The comedian. Yeah. Uh, I missed that one. That was Where that? Did the, was that in theaters? Uh, no. It was, oh, if it, it, it was, but not here. It yeah. was small. It's bad. Is it? It's very bad. Yeah. Who directed that? Jackie Burke. Hmm. Yeah, it wasn't good. It was, it was it was pretty horrible. And then, uh, yeah, then he has Irishman and Joker coming up. Apparently he's in Joker. He's in the Joker? Yeah. So, well, you know my thoughts on that one. Yeah. So he's been okay. It sounds like a I guess better he's got, thought. Yeah. Maybe it's just the two bad, two, three bad ones are really bad. Well, you didn't mention City by the Sea. Uh, that's another one that kind of stands out in my mind. Um, it was him and uh, James Franco. Oh, yeah. That was pretty bad. That one and Righteous Kill and, you know, the Meet the Parents sequels. And that's kind of the uh, Dirty Grandpa. That's the kind of stuff I've been seeing them in lately. Yeah. And I don't care for that kind of stuff. Me either. Um, so I guess the last thing you wanted to bring up was your uh, Rotten Tomatoes uh, flub that you think you found yesterday. Do you still want to talk about that? Um, well, we could. It's uh, It was just a curiosity more than anything, but they... They well, I noticed that it said coming opening this week, Cruel Intentions, and I'm like, Were you, they, was your first thought? God, they're remaking Cruel Intentions. That was my first thought. Oh. I was like, did they do a remake? So I click on it, and it's Ryan Phillippe and Sarah Michelle Gellar. I'm like, this appears to be the original, but there was no audience score, and I don't know if they deleted the because they have this new thing now where they're they're not gonna let people review the movie before it's released. And it looks like Cruel Intentions is getting a re-release in theaters, maybe just a few theaters sure. for like the 20th anniversary. And I don't know if they screwed up and accidentally deleted the user reviews because of the fact that it has a new theatrical release date. But when you look it up right now, on Rotten Tomatoes, the movie Cruel Intentions, which came out 20 years ago, has no audience score. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I, I was trying to figure it out when, you're, when we were texting about it yesterday. You would think that, I don't know, I'm just chalking up to a complete mess up. That's what, I'm thinking it had, it had I mean, to do with their new thing. With The and, funniest thing when you sent this, maybe an hour later, there was that big, uh, MySpace still exists. But there's a I big, believe you. Yeah, right. But the, MySpace accidentally deleted, quote unquote accidentally, but that's what they're saying. Like, from 2003 to 2015, like 50, like, million songs that people have uploaded over the years onto MySpace. Mm. And then I was just like laughing. I'm like, yeah, that's what Rotten Tomatoes did. <laughs> they just, maybe they just were well, like, oopsies. I would like to think that if you're a song writer and re- recording artist, you've got a backup somewhere that you're... Oh, uh, right, <laughs> sure. Your only copy is on, on MySpace. <laughs> you're still trying to get gigs. You're like, oh, here's my MySpace page from 05. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm... I'm just I'm thinking that because they gave Cruel Intentions a new theatrical release date that the software went and removed all the user reviews because they're from technically before the movie was released, which of course it's not. But yeah, that's weird. So it's just kind of a funny thing. Well, and then you know it was funny because I was looking because I was looking at the because the critic scores are still there. There's like 85 of them, which is pretty normal for old movies when the site wasn't really a site yet. Mm-hmm. Um, that there was like two reviews just written from like a, you know, what, what do they even call like, 
accredited critics on the website, you know? Mm-hmm. I was like, it, it, you know, I'm okay with that review if it was written, you know, in 20 years ago. But I always think of that, I'm like, who? Because you know there's people out there that do it. That, that They get the critic availability on that site, and they go through, and they're like, well, I'm going to start throwing my reviews on everything. I hope it's not, like, a new review. Like, like you, you just saw it? Yeah. Like, a movie from 20 years ago? Yeah, it doesn't count, because you already... You're well, already preconceived to everything, and everything changes. Not necessarily. Yeah, it's, well, if you're if say if you're an accredited critic on that site, which there can't be more than a thousand of them, I would say you're pretty much in the movie space, pretty hardcore. I still think a person can go into a movie and watch it with an open mind and give their own opinion on it. Um, I will say that if you see a movie twenty years after it's been released, you know it might be a movie that was good in its time, and you're seeing it twenty years later. That's it might not hold up. The point. But it's still an, a fair review because anyone who sees the movie now right. is going to be having the same experience. Sure. So I think it's fine. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So we got one movie this week, which is Netflix's new big, uh, big action movie called Triple Frontier. I hope it's big. I think so. I mean, I thought the promotion was pretty good for it. I think. And I, well, I, I, mean, yeah, I already yeah. had two. I mean, I think, I'm saying if it's the only movie we got to talk yeah, about, right. it better be big. That's true. And uh, other than the extremely boring game, that's going to... Because I had a buddy text me the other day. He's like, did you watch Triple Frontier yet? I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I was like, oh, it's that movie. It's the Netflix one with Ben Affleck and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch it, yes. But it literally took me 10 seconds. I'm like, I don't know what that is. Because it was such a basic name. But, uh, yeah. Do you want to take it? Yeah, so okay. Triple Frontier, it's uh, it's a new action film on Netflix starring Ben Affleck, Oscar Isaac, so I know you like the movie. Of course, because it's Oscar Isaac. Um, it's a man crush. Right. And, uh, uh, Charlie Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam, yeah. Gareth Hedlund and uh, the fifth guy, because there's five of them. Uh, oh, Pedro Pascal. Okay. Those are the five guys. That's the movie center around. Yeah. So they kind of advertised it as like a heist film that these guys are like uh, military guys that are going to try and pull off a, a heist. Um, it's it's actually more the aftermath of the heist. The heist kind of happens early in the movie. And it's kind of uh, about them trying to get away with the loot. Um, they go to South America to kill this like drug lord guy. Yeah. The... Lorea, that's his name. Yeah. I guess he's the guy that, you know, of course, in any movie like this, there's a drug lord that pretty much controls the whole country and why it's poverty and why everything's going bad. Right. Which is Oscar Isaac's plan. Like, he's the one that wants to take down this guy and mm-hmm. take his fortune. The other four guys are retired from the military, but he knows that these are the four guys he needs to right. complete this task. Yep, so they're going to go in there, they're going to kill the bad guy, steal his loot, and get away scot-free, or so they hope. But things don't go as planned, and they're they're trying to get away. Um, basically, things start to go south when the... Well, they they spend a little longer at the house than they intended to, yeah. collecting the money, because... Because they realize there's... They thought... There's more than they could imagine. There's more than they can imagine, right? They, they think there's like a, a vault of money... Yeah. But little they know, a bunny's been like painted and put in the walls, and every wall they open yeah. just flows with hundreds of millions of dollars worth of cash. Yeah, so they're filling bags. They're trying to find things in the house that they can use. A ludicrous amount of bags. Like yeah. I, I, I get that they're trying to go for like three hundred billion, or what they say two two hundred fifty is probably what they got. But I mean, they're they they're filling this van up 
like crazy. But they yeah. only have, yeah, like you said, like 15 minutes to get this. By the time they've gotten to this point, 15 minutes to get out of there. There was 9,000 pounds of money. Is that what it, okay. That's, that's, what, they, that's what they said in the movie. That's, that means that each of those guys lifted nearly a ton by himself, on average, if you average yeah. it out. Right. A lot. <laughs> as you go as you go through the movie, <laughs> they lift a lot of money. Right. Continuously. Yeah. So yeah, so they get it on the they get it on the the van, but they um they're 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 they don't get out of there in time. Because because of Ben Affleck. Yeah. Character, because they, he gets a little money hungry as he's doing it. Yeah, so they stay longer and they they want to try and get a little bit more. Just one more bag, come out, look at all this money. And so the bad guys come home a little early and, uh, you know, it turns into a shootout and it turns into them trying to, trying to get away. And, um, it's just one, it basically one bad thing happens after another. There's, yeah. a, there's a part where they're trying to, they're trying to carry all this money on a helicopter, which is not designed to carry that much weight at, at a very high altitude. So that's a problem. Yeah. Um, and they know this, like, again, you know, they kind of uh, assume that even though Oscar Isaac's the one that set all this up, that Ben Affleck's kind of the leader, and they wouldn't, nobody would do it without him involved, and Ben Affleck kind of won't let him, like, get rid of money. And they're like, well, we're just going to try, they have, to, they have to get over the mountains with right. the money. And yeah. Ben Affleck's like, oh, no, we're going to go for it, and then they, you know, realize that maybe they can't. And then they start dumping money. The, yeah, the helicopter starts to stall because they got so much money on it, and yeah, they start to throw money out of the helicopter to try and lighten the load a little bit. <clears throat> so yeah, things don't go as planned, and uh, not at all. No. So yeah, it's basically it's kind of an action film. It's the aftermath of a heist. Them trying to make it from South America back to civilization with uh, millions and millions of dollars, th thousands of pounds of money in bags and having, having a time with it. I thought it was, uh, an okay movie. I thought it was, it felt like a direct to Netflix kind of movie in terms of quality. I thought some of the writing was bad. I thought the ending was, Ugh, yeah, gross. It, it felt like they were trying to go for like a sentimental ending and it they just, did. it just kind of didn't work. Yeah. It was a gross ending. Yeah. So overall, I, I I thought it was okay. I don't know if I'd recommend this one too highly. I was really curious about it because it had it had Ben Affleck in it, and I was surprised to see him doing a Netflix original. Last time I saw him, he was Batman, and now he's doing a Netflix. Well, you have yeah. I mean, you have Ben Affleck, who's a monster major star. You have Oscar yeah. Isaac, who's a major star from Star yeah. Wars, especially in your eyes. Well, he well he is though. He <laughs> plays Poe in Star Wars. Sure, you're pretty famous with that. Um, which sure. was his name Poe in this? In this one? Yeah, it sure made it Pope. I, they kept saying it, and I'm like, did you really? Like, I wrote it down because I was like, because they kept saying it, and I'm like, okay, if this, if they really called him the name from Star Wars, I'm going to die because that's horrible. Well, then, you know, Charlie Hunnam's, I mean, not, I guess, huge not, anymore. Not a big star. He was for 10 years ago. For what? Sons of Anarchy. All right. He's the lead character in that, and that show was huge. Um, so, yeah, they got pretty big name actors in this, which is quite a bit uh, for a Netflix movie, I thought. That was their, again, we go back to selling, that was half their sell, was right. we have these three guys, 
and, and you know, Netflix again, Charlie Hunnam, the reason why he helps sell what's Netflix pop famous for, binge watching shows. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, Sons of Anarchy is one of their top 10 binge watch shows in, on the platform. Sure. And so it's like, Everybody watches Netflix probably knows, at least him. Yeah, I'm not surprised he did it. Affleck was the big one for me yeah. that I was surprised to see doing a Netflix original. But Probably got paid a lot of money. That's well, you would have to, yeah. Um, but that, I don't know. I thought the uh, I thought the shootout in the house was really good. Like I kind of like the fact that they were pretty much just blowing their way through these guys. And that wasn't really a, a, a hurdle to them. They were so good at what they do. They're well, just in and out, in and out, shooting guys. And watch that things. scene again. The bad guys are walking into oh, the room. Oh, they're stupid. <laughs> the bad guys are walking straight into the room, not really looking around the corner or anything. I mean, they're just picking them off. How they, often does that happen in every action movie, though? Where they bad were, guys just they look, in. They look like uh, bad AI in a video game they, or something. Just like That's walking true. a programmed path. Yeah. Straight into a room and then getting shot. It's yeah. like, I don't know. I didn't care for it. Oh, I, really? I'm not. I mean, it, that to it, me is to me, every things like that. action movie. No, no, it's not every what? action. It's not the good ones. To me, to me, that made <laughs> to me that really showed the quality of the film. It, it made it feel like a direct-to-video kind of a thing. Really, not great. That's uh, surprising because that happens in at least ninety-eight percent of every action movie where they mow down people who are stupid in them. War movies do the same thing. Yeah, people getting mowed down. But that, I think I think I think they could have done better than. Oh, I'm not saying they could have. Um, especially knowing that there's guys in the house that want to, and they know how much money is in the house. You'd think that they would. Uh, for as much money is in the house, the guy had like seven bodyguards. That was my other thing. I was like, I would have a ton of security, and they kind of admit right in the beginning that the security's flawed. Like they're like, oh, we spent all this money on the system, and there's like a bunch of holes in it. I'm like. God, he has enough money to build a whole city around this place. So, whatever. That's fine. Um, yeah, I, I, mean, I, thought, I thought it was okay. I, I had no problem with it. It was an easy... It was a little long. I didn't, it didn't need to be over two hours. I think they could have tightened it up with that. I think that would have made the movie feel a little better. And you're right. The last the last five, ten minutes... Ugh. Yeah. Doesn't, wasn't necessary to it's, what was going on. Especially considering there's how badly that went, you're going to want some pay. I mean, this goes terrible for these guys. I mean, literally, mm-hmm. it goes horrible. I mean, they could have gotten away with 250 mil, and that's definitely not what happens. Yeah, throughout the film, they're kind of they're shedding money here and there. They, at one point, they're burning it for, for heat because you know, they're making a, a camp site in the middle of the night, and they had to burn the money, some of the money for you know to, to start a fire. So throughout the film, they're they're losing money here and there, and you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, all that's generic. I actually that's probably the only part I really like. I was like into it. I was into the you know. I, there's not a really good backstory with these five guys. Really, it's pretty generic. You get the pretty quick like this is why this guy is, is who he is stuff. But I thought the part where they're starting to break down a little bit amongst each other, I thought mm-hmm. was decent when they were kind of like in the middle of this craziness and they were like. You know, there's this really big part with they drop the money and they they're at this like little uh, village and some stuff goes on there. And I thought that was okay. Uh, I was like, okay, I, I like the fact that you guys are kind of like freaking out at one another and understanding that this is a complete mess. But you gotta do it because what the hell else are you gonna do? But uh, yeah, well, and the the part you brought up 
they carry that money a long way. And then a long way. <laughs> so long. I mean, it is just it is so heavy. Like, they're making trains where the five, like, how long would that take? Like, five guys standing from each other, and they just take they take money, they walk it, they go grab more, and they walk it. It's like, I think it's 100 yards, that's a football field. And they take all this money. Let's say they lost some of it, so let's say they're down to, how many do you say, 9,000 pounds? They say they're down to 5,000 yeah, pounds. They start with 9,000. 1,000 pounds a piece. Which is almost a ton each. Yeah. Five guys. I did find that funny. And even then, they because they were supposed to get to the boat, their you know rendezvous point. They said they had a day and a half. And in my head, I was like, nope. And I'm like, and if you guys don't address that, you're not going to get there in a day and a half. I'm going to fall over in my chair. And then later, they're like, how long has it taken? Like five days. I'm like, okay. But then they show the rendezvous point and how far away it is. I mean, it's so far away. And then uh, the one character like walks and comes back that day to talk to the boat. I'm like, I don't know about that. That's a really, really long way. But uh, yeah, it's it is what it is. It's a stupid little movie for Netflix that has Ben Affleck and Oscar Isaac shooting people in it. Yeah, what's going to sell it is the big name actors in sure. it. It's not a great script. No. And I just, if they're going to spend all these all this money on a project, I wish they spent something on the script. I felt it was pretty flat. Yeah. Well. It, it, you know, and as you know, as many projects as they're doing now, you know, it's just like, it, you know, they they know how people watch, so they know what people want. And it's just that mass audience half the time just wants easy, breezy movies to watch, and that's why we're here to tell you not to. Yeah, I would recommend against this one. I think, yeah. I think there's better things to watch. Yeah, there is. It's it is what it is. I I, I would say if you're Bored, looking for a movie on Netflix. I think there's worse to watch, but yeah, it's not great. Um, well, the only other movie I watched this week was Stan and Ollie, which was a movie I really wanted to see because it has two people I like in it, um, which is Steve Coogan and John C. Riley, and I'm a, I love John C. Riley and everything. Right. And it's the and I'll just give the quick synopsis. It's a true story based off uh, Laurel and Hardy, um, and uh, Steve Coogan plays Laurel. John C. Reilly plays Hardy, and it's pretty much them. And nineteen starts the movie in nineteen thirty-seven when they're you know at their height of popularity, like super famous, and they're just to that point of is this coming to an end kind of thing because they've been together on in movies. I think at that point they said they they each shot hundreds of movies together back when people did that, and um, they kind of have this little breakoff point. And then the movie picks up in nineteen fifty-three, which is like seventeen years later. And they go on a, they, they're going to do a comeback, which is the first time in 17 years they've been together. And they do this pretty much shows and theaters in the, in the UK. And it's their story of doing these shows. And uh, they're both older. They, you know, it's the story of old actors trying to reclaim their spotlight, kind of what we were just talking about with Irishmen. Um, and, you know, it's their, it's their friendship, but they also are doing it because of money and trying to get a new movie deal. And Hardy, who's kind of, I mean, his last name is Hardy, so it's, he's a big fat guy. He's really fat and out of shape at this point in his life because he's much older. And uh, he's only doing this because he wants this movie deal that Laurel's telling him he has, which it's pretty much apparent in the beginning he doesn't need choosing it to do these shows. And nobody's coming to see them because why, why at this point do you care 17 years later about these guys? Um, and it's pretty much that story, and it's kind of shows how they work really, really hard to 
um, get the theaters full and their friendship and what they did. It's, it's, I mean, it's really light and breezy, which is what I assumed from it. I mean, Laurel and Hardy were, so the movie is. Um, it kind of talks about how Laurel was always in character all the time, and that drove Hardy nuts. And I mean, it, you get driven nuts in the movie, you're like, stop, just stop doing the bit. And there's a part where Hardy tells him, like, stop, stop it, don't bit me, don't, you know, because they do the, you know, they were famous Three Stooges style, you know, where they take you to, the, you know, all that type of stuff. And, uh, and then it just gets, you know, it, it goes the route you think it's going to go, it's your buddy movie. Um, John C. Riley's great as always, in a really ridiculous fat suit with really ridiculous makeup on his face. And, uh, but no, it's a good, small little thing. And it's about Hollywood, so that's kind of fun, too. I think any movie about Hollywood just is a little more fun when they're kind of talking about it and stuff. So if that's up your alley, it's something small, comes out on DVD soon. Um, and if you're a fan of the actors, then sure, why not? Easy red box rent when it comes out. Um, so, that's quick. That's a quick review of that. Is there anything else? Crosses your mind? Not really. Yeah. We'll be back next week with like a different type episode. The plan. Uh, we're uh, we're going to talk about our favorites. So you know we've been talking about a lot of bad movies, um, movies that we we've been trying to steer you away from. So we're going to give you the movies we want to steer you towards. Yeah. Yep. So that'll be our uh, episode next week. And we'll, uh, we're going to go through some genres and give you some different films and hopefully some places where you can find to watch them. And, uh, yeah, after a few weeks of bad movies, let's, uh, wrench it up before the big blockbuster season starts. So, um, but I think that's it for us this week. Uh, again, follow us, uh, give us a like on Facebook, find us on Instagram, subscribe everywhere that you can, SoundCloud, iTunes, write reviews. Those things help us get more listeners. Um, so far we have, we've been growing slowly, but we are getting on average more listeners every week, so that's good. We appreciate everyone who helps us out in that department. That's good, we need it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. Listen to me, honey, dear. Something's wrong with you, I fear. It's getting harder to please you every year. I don't want to make you blue, but you need a talking to. Like a lot of people I know Is what's wrong with you